It's all good. Hi everyone, my name is Lauren. Welcome back to the podcast, All About Wellbeing. Today I have a special guest joining me. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Hey guys, my name's Stu. Uh, I was a candidate in the last AMS elections. (laughs) And I also (laughs) am uh, an avid surfer, skier, um, you know, mad scientist. That's part of my job. I'm also a tour guide this summer. And this yeah. is the most prepared response anyone's ever had. I love, uh, I love getting outside and uh, enjoying what beautiful BC has to offer. I'm also a dual citizen, originally from <laughs> Boston. Oh my gosh, you told your whole life story in yeah. five seconds. Okay, anything else you want to add? <laughs> That's, uh, I had it prepared. Great. Uh, and how do we know each other? Oh, so last year, um, you know, all year, which is my pleasure to work at the Wellness Center, uh, I met Lauren from just, you know, being behind the desk where some of you guys might have uh, come in to see what we had going on in there. And I was just behind the scenes working on educational projects. But, um, yeah, I just decided to talk to some of the people. And some of the most charismatic were uh, Lauren, Mel, and Rit. <laughs> and they were always the most fun to talk to because, you know, they started to banter a lot. <laughs> so, you know. All right. I'll take that. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, that's how we know each other. So what are we talking about today? Uh, today, we'll talk about some of the, the things that, you know, make up my life, like my adoption. Um, I don't know, anything that has to do with, you know, my overcoming of maybe some like well-being challenges I've had, like, you know, just mental health, all that. And yeah, maybe just tell a few stories. You're pro at this. Thanks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, go ahead. Oh, really? <laughs> Is it that quick? <laughs> you do you want, yeah, I guess. Okay. Well, um, I guess we can start just like where we are right now. Yeah. Like, uh, so currently I am between a family reunion, which is my like cousin's wedding, which was up in Pemberton this weekend. But then tomorrow I head down to Colorado for the second time this year. One time was just to visit a friend who was graduating and, you know, I just got some cheap flights and went there. But this time is actually a little bit more special. I'm visiting my birth mom and her whole entire family. Her last name is Davis, so it's the Davis Family Reunion. (laughs) And, yeah, it's taking place from Thursday to Sunday. And so it's, like, a really big step in meeting sort of some of my birth family who I've never met before. I've, you know, Skype called slash video called on Facebook with my birth mom when she was in the car with um, her brother and some of his kids. But I'll be meeting all of them and more this weekend, so it's going to be a lot. I'm like, I'm friends with them on Facebook, a couple, and it's it's just been like a year since mm-hmm. the last time I met my birth mom, and that was the first time as well, so yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So tell me about the first time you met her. So last year, Canada Day, July 1st, um, we decided to meet, uh, specifically that day because I think she had some time off, and she was just in Washington, so not too far to get up, and I, yeah, I had just been talking with her because... I had written a blog. It was a little bit deep and, you know, had a lot of things that um, my birth mom was reading, which I wasn't aware of at the time. She had kind of been following me, my digital presence presence since I was, uh, you know, kind of a kid. I posted YouTube videos of me skiing and whatnot. So this blog she was kind of concerned about, as were my parents. Um, you know, my mom and dad in Boston, they didn't think um, everything was going swell. I'd kind of taken a semester off school for mental health-related issues. Um, and, yeah. That all led into her messaging me on Facebook. So my birth mom, Courtney, she just, you know, sent off a message saying, hey, I'm in Paris and I read your blog and um, this and that. But it was kind of disorganized (laughs) all over the place. I wasn't sure how to react. 
kind of heard this story the past December because I asked my parents about some more information um, about my adoption. And, you know, I would thought it might, you know, help me get over some of the, you know, failings I had had that past semester when it was, you know, me versus sort of the world in a way. And I felt like my mental health was failing. And yeah, she and I talked like a lot and we caught up on lots of things. Uh, she told me about her family. I told me, I told her about mine. And eventually just like, you know, a couple of months, months passed, I told my parents about the interactions and I told her told them that I wanted to meet her. And um, I had kind of been sneakily booking flights, whatnot, um, you know, two months before July. So, you know, kind of end of April, start of May. Um, and I had kind of told them around the same time. So it was kind of a lot to juggle, but yeah, we made it work and my parents and sister and I kind of had some talking. They were almost on the verge of tears at many points when, you know, it came to this because it's a lot for them to, to take in, uh, that, you know, their, their son who they love, like, you know, one of like one of their only kids is now thinking about meeting some part of, you know, his family that they weren't aware of. Uh, like they weren't thinking about, they didn't think I was ever going to really go reach out and, and meet them. And so meet my birth mom. So yeah, my, my sister was scared. My mom was scared. Like, you know, what, what does this mean for us going forward? And again, this, you know, reunion is another step because it's meeting so many more. And I think it's like 30 cousins and uncles and aunts and whatnot. So it's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Are you nervous? Um, yes and no. I'm nervous that I'll be the center of attention the whole weekend. Yeah. But I'm also pretty excited. I don't really like being like the center of tension, attention when I'm, yeah, I'm in a state where I'm like uncomfortable, don't want to speak, all this. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I've matured a lot since meeting her and since, you know, growing up and going into university. So I think I can handle it. I think it'll be really fun meeting all these kids. I also don't have any younger cousins on my current family. So my birth family, all of them are younger. So that's going to be interesting. I might be a role model. I might be someone that like, you know, they look up to in certain respects, like someone that is totally foreign and they want to know all about. And I don't know if I'll be able to give them that much information in the short time that we have, but I'm happy to continue that sort of thing and give them, you know, a, a taste of my personality and like start to form a relationship with some of them, especially the one who only has like girls as his cousins and he's the only boy and he's always wanted a boy mm. cousin so yeah yeah and he skateboards so we might maybe i'll bring my skateboard and go with him yeah there's all sorts of fun little things going on wow i can't even imagine what that would be like you know meeting this all these people that for the first time that are related to you yeah and like i was adopted at two days old mm-hmm. um my birth mom kind of knew from a couple months before she um had me that like she wanted to you know give me up for adoption yeah. Mm-hmm. Even that story is like, you know, tremendously deep and like, yeah. Because yeah. I think the the interesting part to me was growing up and coming to terms with like my almost identity, mm-hmm. having been nurtured by my parents, but having the nature of my birth parents mm-hmm. and not even knowing that nature for so long. Yeah. So that was, I think that was probably one of the tougher things I've had to go through in my life. Like, you know, just figuring out okay, kind of who am I, where did I come from, like, you know, all these things, and being shocked at the answers and being, like, also pretty grateful for all the things that I do have along Mm -hmm. the way. It's been, yeah, it it took me, I guess, like I said, like a semester off in university to sort of come to terms with some of these things. 
So do you want to tell me about that? Yeah, I sure. Uh, so what led up to that? Okay, so it was second year, and I was kind of noticing some things changing, like, you know, emotionally, socially. Um, I wanted to change my major, like, for the th- second time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, like, definitely in a state of transition, uh, maybe, like, you know, underlying turmoil. And that summer, I kind of didn't really want to get a full-time job. I was taking summer courses, like, three in the first term and then just kind of relaxing. Um, you know, mad science has been one of these things I've done for since second year. And it's really fun just teaching kids science. So love that. But it wasn't really enough to keep me totally occupied over the summer mm-hmm. when I didn't have class. And, yeah, like, switching my major and all this, I thought, okay, I'm going to go from geographical science, which I love learning about, earth science and all these other things, I really, like, you know, science is kind of my strong suit. Um, And I wanted to go to neuroscience, and that's a little bit different. Um, I've actually not done as well (laughs) since transitioning into that, but it's been tough. And I've, I guess, transitioned because I wanted to focus more on, like, what's going on internally with people and, like, you know, how can we focus on people's minds and, like, start to understand, like, the uniqueness and what's going on. When I decided to take a term off, it was after all this sort of buildup of, uh, emotional turmoil like you know the, I think a lot of people can relate to it in a sense where you just start to feel like something's like un, like not right you feel a little unwell just um, thinking too much too hard about things that you can't really control and like for me that was my identity that was about my core attributes um, I wasn't very mindful like of other people so like you know conversations just like started getting really deep all the time um, I would always talk about, you know, the meaning of things and any sort of uh, topic that really I took interest in at the time. And a lot of it was neuroscience. I was like watching a ton of YouTube videos. I was just, yeah, like like almost in a state of, of complete self-awareness, a uh, complete lack of self-awareness. My, my apologies. Yeah. <laughs> like just, yeah, I, I was and like that, that some of that is carried over, as you can tell, like I'm sometimes a little disorganized and not so self-aware, but it's been a slow transition from somewhere where I was like, not at all. Um, it was fun. Uh, also during that semester off, um, like uh, the way I dropped out, uh, it was, I had taken a surf trip. I thought I had like met like the love of my life. I thought I had like done all these things that were like aligning super like conveniently, like everything was just lining up. But realistically I was just kind of in the wrong mental state to be processing all these emotions that I was feeling. And uh, I thought I could, you know, campaign for, you know, something that would change the world, bring people together to, you know, protest Trump in the United States because I feel like a really strong connection to what's going on down there. I almost felt that after his election, like UBC's campus was was like hurt in many ways. And a lot of people like, you know, were walking with their heads down more and more. But maybe I was just starting to pick up on things that were already the case. Right. It was definitely like a difficult time for me. Um, So, yeah, I, I just ended up like, kind of failing in this campaign to bring people down to the Peace Arch, when I sh- which I thought would be, like, this really big hurrah, and, like, I could, you know, be the main instigator and, and go further with that, like, you know, revolutionize communities around Vancouver. But I didn't really have, I guess, clear objectives. That mm-hmm. kind of held me back. So, yeah, all of that together conspired in, you know, me taking a term off and then coming back to reevaluate hearing about the story of my adoption and coming to terms with some things internally that actually really, like, helped me heal in a way, you know? Where I'd, I'd felt, like, you know, hurt and, like, I wanted to cry but couldn't for sometimes. And 
yeah, that all culminated then in meeting my birth mother, maybe too. So yeah, just a, a whirlwind of a year there, 2017 to 18. Yeah, that's a lot that you went through. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and especially like coming, you're talking about coming to terms with your identity. Like what did that process look like for you? Yeah, it, it, it almost is like a reforming of who you are, right? Like you feel like you lose yourself. Um, I, I certainly felt that I was in a, a hole in that year, in that semester, and I felt that I was losing pieces of myself. I just would be, would be like lethargic almost. Um, you know, it's harder to get out of bed in those types of days. It's, um, it's like you've given up hope in something that like you maybe you've dreamed of doing or dreamed of being, and that definitely was the case when I like failed to get all these people out to this like you know, rally for peace and love and all this. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I, yeah, I just started to come back stronger, right? Like, you know, people would ask me, like, oh, what about your blog? Like, are you going to write that again and whatnot? Um, the ter- term I got back, I was, like, in a physics physics class, I remember. Some of the people, like, almost, like, teasing me a little bit, like, oh, like, are you going to keep writing about love and whatnot? And I was like, you know, like, that's the old me. Like, I, I can still do that, but I'm kind of moving on. You know, hopefully, you know, do well in this neuroscience major. I, I kind of wanted to figure out, you know, there's, is there a connection between kind of emotions and the physical world and whatnot? Um, to which, you know, no one knows the answer, which is kind of cool. And that's part of my degree. The other part is just, you know, focusing on education and, and you know, dealing with people who might not have uh, as, like, you know, fortunate of uh, life for mental health and all this as us. I focused a lot on giving back um, that whole year, and that really helped me reform identity. I became much more, I don't know, of like an outward looking person for generosity. And, um, I started to really like, you know, take pride in a lot of things about myself. That was good. Um, even just seeing a psychologist for, you know, being adopted, she specialized in that, that all mm. kind of helped me along. Yeah. How- Reconnecting with family too. I can't yeah deny that. Like my parents were like instrumental. Like I t- took a, you know, vacation early basically cause I didn't have exams. So I just went back like end of November to hang out for, you know, getting my wisdom teeth out in December and all these things that just like, you know, hanging with the family, you know, reconnecting. Cause I, I find that, you know, some of the times when I'll be in the worst of a, you know, mood or state, it's just what I'm, you know, least considerate of, you know, who brought me to where I am and all that. Mm-hmm. That's my family. Yeah. Oh, thank you for being so open and honest on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think your story is really inspiring because I feel like a lot of people can relate to you on trying to figure out their identity, even if maybe they can't relate exactly to being adopted. But I think a lot of students get confused about who they are and what they like in university. Mm-hmm. So what what would you say? What advice would you give other students? Well, I, I'd say don't rush through university. Like mm-hmm. if you need to take a year off, that's totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. It's totally fine to, you know, work, especially I know so many people, they have this sort of trouble that I'm having or I had. Um, while they're in a, you know, financially unstable position, right? And that's, I mean, that's unfortunate, but it's like the great reality for so many people attending universities nowadays. Um, So yeah, like taking that extra time, um, taking time over the summer to like live at home when you might have actually wanted to like stay in Vancouver or whatever, um, just because it's, you know, makes more sense financially. And also you can just spend that quality time that you won't always get when you graduate and have to go find a job and maybe move away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely number one. Like, and then another thing is, um, making sure like the friends you have are like the quality friends that you, um, most appreciate. Like, are these the friends that, 
you could see yourself like living with outside of after college, like that you could see yourself um, inviting to your wedding one day. If, oh, wow. you know? Like, like seriously, like, you know? Yeah. Like, are these like, you know, the people that, you know, give you energy or take away? Um, I found that along the way, I definitely was, you know, like a giver. And a lot of people would just kind of take that because they really were attracted to it, but wouldn't reciprocate. Mm-hmm. And those are the types of people I didn't really hang around after a while. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, friendship is important. So, yeah, it's like <laughs> so key. Friends are the family you get to choose. I think the thing I'm most interested in is the the aspect of like nature versus nurture. Mm. Like how you feel like you are today, how that might have been different yeah. had you known your had you known your birth parents. My nature, it, yeah, I do look like my birth mom. I don't know what my birth dad, my birth father looks like, um, but he's actually Mexican. A lot of people don't believe me when I say that <laughs> I'm half Mexican. Yeah. Um, but that's fun. And uh, she uh, is a school teacher. I've always been interested in education. There you go. Like little connections like that. She's a science school teacher. I oh. love science. Wow. I love science. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? She's a people person. Loves, you know, um, being um, a giver, you know, like a very generous teacher who really takes pride in like taking care of her students. I could see, I feel the same way. Like, I've always, yeah, been that type of person with my cousins and whatnot. Um, and, yeah, my, my personality ha- has certainly been shaped by my nurture, too. Like, when I need to be stern, my, a lot of my, my dad comes out. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's like really good at managing people and being stern <laughs> and, like, setting expectations and setting deadlines and all these things mm-hmm. that, like, I would have no hope of if I, like, you know, couldn't look to him for it. Mm-hmm. And so that was really... Um, really good and I, that, that rubbed off on me um although like not like his so he's more like into business and I would never go into that um so he has a good business acumen that I don't know if I share I'm more of a re- relaxed you know person who likes to you know talk to people whoever they are not for any personal gain like I don't know just like I, I take a step back from a lot of like the commercial world I think some of my mom has rubbed on to me, off to me on, on me too she's really good at like parties at socializing and whatnot <laughs> And, like, you know, being someone who can, um, who can also, she's, a, like, a professor, she can um, also, like, get someone's attention really easily. Like, you know, really, I, I'd say, actually, it's charisma, right? Like, uh, she's she's a positive presence, and she knows how to, you know, to speak to people in a way that they're like, oh, I got to listen now. <laughs> That's a great quality to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's really good at that. That definitely rubbed off. Um Overall, it's such a interesting thing, this nature versus nurture um, debate they have in psychology or just, like, conversation I'd want to have with it. Um, yeah, I, I have, like, a certain special case where I would never have known my nature had I not, like, reconnected. And even after this little trip I'm taking for the next few days, I'll get to know a little bit more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get to, like, learn more about the stories of all these, you know, family members that I've, um, I'm related to but I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, are you yeah. hoping to learn more about yourself by meeting them yeah that's a good question mm, i'm hoping to learn more about um them mm-hmm. a- and i think of i think of their like the davis family as uh people that i'm related to intrinsically but um i'm just like i want to meet and not like you know not like i need to meet you know I, I see, like, a lot of benefit in me, like, getting to know them as, like, just more people I can, I can get to know in the world as well as them, them being, like, you know, hold, holding a few um, 
I don't know, qualities that I've always, you know, wanted to know more about and that maybe I could find in myself as well. Um, it's a long-winded answer of saying, <laughs> like, uh, I'm looking for, you know, like, lost pieces of, you know, where I came from. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily, though, who I am today. Mm, I see. Yeah. So can we talk about your birth dad? Yeah. I'm I mean, interested in that. Yeah. So you said you don't know him. You don't know what he looks like. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested in him as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah I, yeah. I don't know. So you want to meet him one day? Is that the... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, according to my birth mom, he... Um, so this is the story. All right. You ready? <laughs> oh, I'm ready. So um, when she got pregnant, it was... Um, actually, she didn't know. Mm-hmm. She um, was 26, um, working in a place called bullhead city arizona it's kind of like across the valley from where she grew up with her dad um called la lavalin uh, nevada not like maybe an hour south of uh, uh las vegas and so she was like working in a restaurant he was working at casino um his name as he went by then was um alfredo rubio kind of a cheesy mexican name mm-hmm. <laughs> Alfredo being cheese and Rubio being blonde and Mexican. So he was light-skinned, Hispanic. Um, so that's where I get this, like, you know, look from where people don't know I'm Mexican. <laughs> and then also he was an illegal immigrant. And so when he was living there, um, he was living with his, like, fake ID that said Alfredo Rubio. It might have been actually someone else's ID. Um, his real name is, um, like, Roberto. Roberto Ernesto Ramirez Chavez. Quite Mexican. <laughs> yeah. And um, he was also around the same age, I guess, as her. And they hit it off. They loved dancing and whatnot. So they were boyfriend-girlfriend for about a year. And then she got pregnant. But before she could tell him the news she got pregnant, um, he was actually deported. And um, her, her, his friends had to tell her, like his roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, so she didn't even know. And that was really, really scary, I bet, for her, knowing that she was pregnant. He's, you know, deported, very troublesome thing to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not allowed back into the country for like 10 years after you're deported. Um, yeah. <laughs> not legally at least. And so, um, he, she had no contact with him, didn't know where he was from. Later on, she learned that like her, his grandma lived in, um, like the border town of, uh, Calixo. Um, it's like, there's like, there's two towns called Mexicali and Calixo. Calixo is in Mexico. Mexicali is in California. Yeah. Um, and you love geography, I can yeah, tell. Yeah, they're fun. Um, so there you go. And she, uh, yeah, just had to go through with it. And her parents didn't know until she was eight months pregnant. And they were going hiking in, you know, like a nice valley around the Grand Canyon. And then they realized, hey, like, are you pregnant? Like, your belly is, like, all out here. Yeah, and eight this. months, too. Yeah, you eight would think months. it'd be obvious. No, seriously. Um, but I guess they hadn't seen her for a while. She's living the independent life, you know. And, uh, yeah, so she then she said, yeah, like, I think I would put him up for adoption. Um, and, like, I want him to have the love of two parents. Like, that's really, like, just a nice mm-hmm. thought. And it worked out perfectly. Like, you know, uh, I'm where I am today. But the birth father came back after I was adopted, uh, maybe, like, a month after. And he said, like, hey, like, you know, I've been waiting to see you. Like, how's it going? And she's like, well, I had a son. Like, I, you know, like, yeah. I did all these things. Mm-hmm. Um and so he's like, oh, my gosh, like, really? Like, you know, can I see him? And she's like, no, I gave him up for adoption. What are you saying? Mm. Um, and this is, keep in mind, he's a legal immigrant again um, mm-hmm. coming back in. So, yeah, they, like, she and him, like, I guess 
um, tried to like see if like his name could be put on my birth certificate, yada, yada. Um, but it was like kind of too late at that point, And I'm happy that it worked out the way it did. Like, um, he left, I think, um, they like kind of didn't continue the relationship that they had and he moved to San Francisco, but then got deported again, I guess. And yeah, has not been able to come back to the U S and has a family actually now in Mexico. Yeah. So I don't know where, but if his grandma lives in Mexicali or Calixo, maybe he lives outside of there. Maybe they have like a family ranch, according to my birth mom. Mm. Yeah. And this is what your birth mom told you when you met her for the first time? or did Yeah. You? And some of it she told me on Facebook Messenger when we were first chatting. Oh, yeah, I yeah, see. Yeah. So you've always had contact with her or she's always been like watching you from online. She, so she, yeah, she was able to, you know, follow my digital presence like you know because mm-hmm. she knew i guess clark was my last name from my dad's um camera bag at the adoption quite literally like it, her dad like saw it mm-hmm. and he was like oh like that's his name's bruce, bruce clark mm-hmm. and then she was able to know that my name was Stuart, and so she just searched Stuart clark and on the internet you can find that yeah and so i guess my profile on facebook is public and youtube and whatnot mm-hmm. so yeah like that's a funny little thing she could follow along mm-hmm. and um when she first messaged me, it was in May, in March of 2018. So, yeah, not Last long ago. Last year? Yeah, not oh. long ago at all. I can't even imagine, like, getting that message for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you, how, what did she say? Hey, I'm your birth mom? No, not even, not even. No? I just knew her name was Courtney Davis from my parents telling me that the previous December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was just wondering when, you know, I was going through all that stuff um, that mm-hmm. semester, and they gave me the whole rundown, like 25 pages of messages that they sent through the adoptions agency to her, um, and like, you know, uh, pictures and whatnot. And they all also tried getting video together of like, you know, my birth and all, well, not my birth, but like <laughs> me being hold, held by both of them kind of in the time when it was time to give me up for adoption and whatnot. Yeah. Really crazy. Yeah. Wow. And this was all like pretty recently. Yeah. Basically a year ago. Mm. So growing up, you never, like you, you didn't want to know that information until. Um, I didn't request it. I didn't know it was available actually. I just knew that I was adopted. That's what my parents always told me. And that's kind of what I was comfortable with, too. Like, just, you know, my parents are my parents, and I was adopted. And, you know, uh, it was funny because there was another friend of mine named Duran who uh, uh, he grew up in Boston, like, outside. Um, so he's African-American. And he uh, was adopted with, the four, like, his two half-brothers and his full brother um, to, like, a family who's white. He was adopted at, like, age seven. His mm-hmm. older brother's, like, much older, so that would have been very different because they were in foster care, and his younger brother at, like, you know, age four. And so, yeah, when I told him he was adopted, he couldn't believe me. Like, and also when I, had, when I was a kid, I had, like, blonde hair, and my mom and sister are both blonde, and we both mm-hmm. kind of all looked alike. So, yeah, it, it definitely it worked out pretty nicely. And, you know, um, it kind of, from my parents' side, they said it came out of the blue. They said that... Um, for them, all this, like, you know, they had registered for adoption because they were having trouble getting pregnant and yada, yada, and other things leads to another thing. And so they get a call kind of three months after registering, just, you know, hey, you're, like, you have, there's a son that you can, you know, like, just meets all your requirements. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll be ready for pickup in, like, a week. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, Arizona, there you go. Fly on down. It all happened so fast. Yeah, seriously. Because I guess the adoption agency waits until, like, you know, they can confirm status of the baby you know like when someone goes into labor they'll be like all right like this is the time like fly out so you always knew you were adopted though as a kid i always knew yeah Yeah. 
as oh. soon as I could, you know, speak words, I would have known. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Your parents never had to explicitly say, like, you just knew? They told me, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it was never, like, a big deal, like, oh, you know, I'm 14 and I never knew. Because that's, <laughs> like, sometimes what happens yeah. and it's pretty scary. Yeah. But no, for me, it just, you know, I was two years old and probably knew. You want to talk more so, like, present day? Present day. Yeah. Maybe, like, how are you dealing with all of this now? Maybe. Uh, yeah, actually, that's a good point. There's a lot there. Um, I'd say one of the most difficult parts is kind of um, being the intermediary in all of it, being mm-hmm. like the, not the one that has all the attention, but the one who has to go between um, a, a birth family and my family. So my my parents, um, you know, they do get concerned when I say, hey, I want to go, you know, to this birth family reunion. Mm-hmm. They do get concerned when I say, like, I'm interested in meeting my birth mom. Mm-hmm. And that's tough for them, and I have to respect, like, that their, their like, opinion really counts, and I got to take, like, a measured approach um, to do what I want in this case because, like, I don't want to overstep their boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to make it any harder on them. Like, you know, seeing their, like, boy grow up in this way of, like, you know, oh, I have another family. Like, let me go meet them. Mm-hmm. Because that's, you know, that's that's a almost a risk that like you know i i might you know get along super well and then it takes away family time from us and uh i totally understand i i hope that it doesn't take away family time from us like i hope that it just adds more to like all of our lives that like it's like you know a rich experience like having this actual relationship and so that like my birth mom is comfortable for example one day meeting my parents and like saying like thank you so much like you've done so much for this kid and like Mm. I can I can never repay you and like I'm just so glad that you let him meet me and all this right yeah like that's I think what really like they also want to hear um but it's so hard to communicate this uh Mm. effectively and between my sister my dad my mom sometimes I like him in this last car ride I was just with my dad and I could explain it to him and he's He's comfortable, but, you know, it's not doesn't mean that there's still, you know, emotions attached and he's not going to have a hard time, you know, seeing me do all this. But it's easier for him than my sister and mom, who don't have as much time, I guess, to hear this. Mm. That, like, you know, this is my attitude going in. Like, you guys can only expect the best. Mm. Um, because, like, realistically, that's what I'm here for. Like, I'm not here to make any anything worse, like... And like just enhance relationships, mm-hmm. and and you know that it's not, it doesn't always work that way. I could imagine my adoption story going a lot worse, like meeting my birth mom in Vancouver and then like just not getting along. Like, can you imagine mm-hmm. like having a fight break out or something like that, or like mm-hmm. someone starts crying, the other one's like, "Get yourself together" or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that would just be terrible. But no, it didn't work that way. It, it was really nice. I'm excited for yeah tomorrow, um, and yeah, just and just hopefully getting back on the same page with my mom and sister who are the most concerned about this all going down Mm. so so they have fears of you spending less time with them um yeah that's more internalized what they would say is maybe more like um it's just really hard for them to see me like you know interacting with my birth mom when like they feel like you know like to them like that's it like just them right yeah and you know why why sort of break out of our family to do this right it's Mm because that's quite almost what it's like it's like you know breaking away from one family in a way and they don't want that you know they want it to be held together like they want everything to be stable and Mm. um you know emotionally that can be really tough um i yeah so i think i'm doing my as best as i can but 
communication is just one of the most important things. Like, you know, making sure they know I love them and that, yeah, all that. And like, how, cause you know, how can you, you know, go into the situation and have, um, almost like, uh, a family experience with someone else, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that's almost what it is too. I'm going to have like a, a family reunion with these people who mm-hmm. I've never met, but they are my, you know, birth family. <laughs> that's weird. Wow. So were you, so when your birth mom told you about this reunion, like, hey, do you want to meet the rest of your family? Yeah. Were yeah. you immediately like, oh, of course I want to, or was there they're, hesitation? They're quite well organized. So they had a Facebook group for the past little while of all the people who would be going to the reunion. Mm-hmm. She told me that like, okay, so like there's this Facebook group of like all of the family, like, do you want to be added to it? And I was like, yeah, you know, like that's not a bad idea. Like just being in like a Facebook group. Um, and yeah, they have a reunion every two years. Um, and so I was like pretty comfortable with setting my sights on, Hey, like, you know, I could go in 2019, like that's still a year away. Like, you know, if all goes well, like that, that'll happen. So mm-hmm. it is. Um, I told my parents after meeting her, um, Courtney, my birth mom, that I would um, be interested in going to this family union. So like they kind of knew about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't surprise them with it again, like surprising them with, Hey, my birth mom messaged me and mm-hmm. all this. Yeah. Yeah. Were they kind of, what was their response when they, when you told them your birth mom messaged you? Um, don't really remember, but I tried to play it off as cool as I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just casual. Oh yeah. My birth mom messaged me. Yeah. Like, um, when they first, um, heard, I think they were shocked and mm-hmm. it was a lot to process. Um, but it slowly got easier as I kind of said, like, it's just Facebook message and all of this. Mm-hmm. It got harder again when I said I'm want to meet her. They, they took it well, though. Like, realistically, like, I, I feel closer to my parents and sister than I have before, like, since leaving for university. Like, mm-hmm. so that's really good. And I think um, the honesty has really counted a lot, right? Like, um, just, you know, filling them in because they're really curious, too. Mm-hmm. And um, and making sure they, they still feel, like, you know, as important as ever to me. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, what a life you've lived. Uh, yeah, the past few years have definitely gotten more complex. Yeah. So what do you see in the future for your relationship with your birth parents? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. My birth mom, um, like, has suggested I visit some of the other family members slash... Um, you know, relatives who, you know, live in Seattle area. So, like, that's mm-hmm. pretty close by, drive by, whatever. Yeah. Um, what I'm ready for is maybe more just, a, like, a yearly thing. Um, just mm-hmm. like this in July, you know, just you know, one day was visiting. Last time my birth mother came here. This time I'm going to Colorado, kind of neutral territory, and neither mm-hmm. of our homes. Um, but maybe next year after I graduate, like, um, I, you know, spend a, a couple of days going down to California where she lives. She's mm-hmm. a teacher there now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because she has a big house there, so, like, I'd have my own room. I think that's, you know, important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, you know, my um, other thoughts is, like, you know, I could do a road trip with her. But I, I think maybe that's maybe more, like, two two years down the road. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just take it, like, you know, one year at a time. Right. Uh, and yeah. And make sure that, you know, my emphasis is always on my, my family who's, like, you know, been there for me since you know I was adopted so for people listening maybe they're asking themselves 
similar questions that you ask yourself, like, who am I and where does my identity come from? Uh, what advice do you have for other people who are in a similar boat as you? I think there's a lot of uncertainty um, in a lot of people's lives. Some of it, you know, for me was uh, in my identity and where I came from and, you know, questions of who, who are, am I and, like, you know, where do some of my, you know, traits come from? Mm-hmm. Um, but in other people, the uncertainty come from, comes from a lot of things. A lot of the time it does revolve around mental health and, like, how we take care of ourselves. You know, what is the right way for us to live? And, you know, like, how can we thrive? And, mm-hmm. you know, should we be, you know, doing these things? Like, you know, are, um, are the classes or the major that we're in, like, you know, what we want to be doing? That's, like, one of the biggest questions. Mm-hmm. But it's just uncertainty. And, like, to the, to the bottom of it, like, you're just going to have to go through that every day for the rest of our lives, you know, like, like everyone's gonna have to go through it. Um, just, you know, those questions and all these things, and then some things will be left unanswered. But I think the more people can come into their own of, you know, recognizing where maybe certain aspects of them, um, like, you know, can take hold in their own um, identity. I think that's really important. Like, for me, everything came much more back after I finished like you know writing blogs and whatnot and then just started just being like okay like you know take it one course at a time you know just Mm -hmm. get back into it spend time with my friends Mm -hmm. um I think it's it's part of getting grounded that really helps because like you know no one's gonna have all the answers especially to like those internal things Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to look for them like I did with you know meeting my birth mom and whatnot like that did actually answer a few questions here and there Mm um and yeah, I, I, I think uh, uncertainty can also be addressed in being open to it, like really trying new things every day and not being afraid to. That's like one of the best things for people who are looking to overcome something. Like uh, like when I was, you know, kind of lethargic, getting out of bed late every day and mm-hmm. not wanting to go to classes, I've, that's kind of been like throughout my university degree. Um, it's just been, you know, doing those new things and finding new ways to be happy in class and finding, you know, actually new friends through activities that has gone a long way. Just, you know, taking those risks, for me, I guess, hasn't been as, as hard. But for someone who might, you know, thrive on order, breaking out of that every day is, is not a bad thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think where I, where I talked the most was sort of me coping in university mm-hmm. with um, some things that happened long before. And, yeah. You know, that's that's powerful. You know, where I had some, some parts of my life, you know, that I had questions that were unanswered, where I might have felt like, you know, I was lacking clarity before. I kind of just confronted when I was, you know, in this volatile time of being 19, 20, yeah, 20 years old pretty much and not sure of where I'm going in the future. And I don't think anyone knows at 20 years old where they're going in the future. Oh, yeah, I know. I think like 40-year-olds still don't know what they're going to do in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of have to take it a day at a time. Yeah, on that note... Thank you for sharing your story. And I I think what we want to leave listeners with is don't be afraid of feeling lost sometimes because everyone feels lost. Maybe you don't know who you are and it's okay to have questions, but not being discouraged because everything is impermanent. Mm -hmm. Love it. (laughs) Okay, great. Do you have any last words you'd like to leave our listeners? Thank you, Lauren, for bringing me to this beautiful library where we're now sitting down and recording a cool episode. I hope you all enjoy. (laughs) Great. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, then let me know. You can like the Facebook page, you can subscribe on Spotify or the Apple Podcast app, and I post new episodes every Wednesday. So I'll see you next week. Bye.